0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman, and I'm pleased to be joined by former Raider, great Stanford Roundstand. The 2023 draft is officially in the books. The Raiders selected nine players, including six on defense and three on offense. So, what's your initial response looking at the class as a whole, Stan?
0: Eh. Oh, wow. Like that. I mean, and I say that with supreme level of optimism in my voice. And I hope that I'm wrong. I hope to God that I'm wrong right now, as we're we're recording this episode of the podcast. And you asked me my you asked me my opinion. Eh, now, like I said. Could I say that uh, that they that they completely deserve an, uh, an F- minus in the draft and this, that, and and third? No, I don't agree with that. I wouldn't go that far, but I'm not walking away from this draft with loads of optimism. Now, I hope to God that I'm wrong. I, ho- I hope Tyree Wilson has 12 and a half sacks this year, pushes for the Pro Bowl. Him and Max Crosby proved to be the best duo in all of football, and it propels the Raiders to being 11 or 12 wins. I hope to God that happens, but... Uh, to to what you're asking me, I would say, eh, that would probably be my best response to your question right now on today. I don't know if I'll go, eh, Stan. I'm just
1: not sure that they came away with as many starters as we hoped they would right off the bat. So I like, I think they addressed the defense, but I'm not sure they did it in a manner which is going to make a huge impact on that side of the ball this season, Stan. This season mm-hmm. now. Uh, yeah. uh, you know what? Uh, let, I'm going to get into it more of it right after I get this promo read. Let me get this all in right. real quick. Bet Online is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. Bet Online is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use your promo code BLEAVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online or the game. Starts and I wish I would have put a lot of money on Steph Curry today. As Stan, you and I were talking before the <laughs> podcast, fifty on a playoff in a, in a closeout game seven on the yeah, road, fifty piece. Oh my goodness, absolutely remarkable. Now we got the Warriors Lakers coming up next, but oh, yeah, I can't wait for that. Oh, me either. Let me tell you. All right, back to the draft, Stan. And you know, we already discussed uh, on our previous podcast uh, Tyree Wilson, their top pick. Uh, yeah, that certainly addresses a need. The silver and black rank near the bottom of the league in sacks, but with their second round selection, they took. Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer, who had a first-round grade. And, Stan, uh, you, you know, I do have high hopes for him. I think he is one player who could be a starter and, and have a very impactful rookie season. But to me, if you kept Darren Waller, you would have been able to use that to address another need instead. Now, I know Waller's been hurt. I know they shed some salary. Am I wrong on thinking that way, Stan? Hell no, you're
0: not wrong on okay, thinking thank that. Okay. Like, if you would have kept it, Darren Waller, you wouldn't have had to draft Michael Mayer in the second round. You could have used that on, I don't know, maybe a corner? Yep. <laughs> oh okay. so no, you're not wrong on that.
1: Okay, and then they took uh, Brian Young, a defensive tackle out of Alabama. That was one of two third-round picks they had. stand. I think he's another one who could per- perhaps be a starter in year one. But this is the pick that I had the biggest issue with in this draft. In the third round, stand a pick number 100, they took a wide receiver, Trey Tucker. Instead of addressing the glaring weakness, as you've been harping on,
0: is cornerback. Okay. Now, I, I, <laughs> in a small defense of the Raiders draft picks, at least four picks later, they drafted a corner. Jacory Bennett out of Maryland, right actually was very comparable uh to, to uh to Banks, the one that was drafted in the first round, the one that went to the uh to the New York Giants. Obviously, he had a much better year this past season than Jakorian. But coming into the season, a lot of them looked at them as very com as very comparable as far as uh you could watch the tape, and if you did not see the name on the back of the jersey, you couldn't tell which was which. So I'll go ahead and give the Raiders a little bit of grace. In, uh, in in that department, but I'm right there with you. I feel that that was something they should have been attacking much earlier in the draft than pick 104. I understand it. To me, you already have Hunter Renfro. You already have Devontae Adams. So, yes, you have your weapons. And, yes, you can always have more talent at every position. There's no doubt about that. But I think right now you have a glaring need in the back end. Right now the house is on fire in the, in the back end, the back seven. The house is on fire. The, set, the house just simply could use a little bit of renovate, a little bit of remodeling as far as the receiver category. So I think it's just a matter of urgency in certain areas that I think that they did not address the areas that needed the most urgent attention.
1: Stan Bennett, he's only 5'10". He was the second fastest player at the Combine. Uh, Stan, that sounds very much like an Al Davis pick, doesn't it?
0: Oh, I didn't even know he had the second fastest yes, time at the Combine. I know did. that, uh, I know the guy from Michigan, DJ Turner, he ran four, two, six. I know he had the fast time. I did not know that Bennett was second right behind him. I didn't know that, but yeah, to your point, that sounds like more of an Al Davis pick, but Al was more of the, he was more of the mindset of he liked length and speed, not being short and speed, but. My man, Fabian Washington, was drafted in the first round right ahead of me, and he's 5'10". So, yeah, that definitely uh, is something that Al Davis, we highly coveted with speed, no doubt about it. Stan, at 5'10", the Raiders already have Nate
1: Hobbs, who you and I have talked about is more suited to play the slot. Can you play outside corner at 5'10", even if you have blazing speed like Ben at this?
0: Uh, Chris Harris, Denver Broncos. Okay. Several-year All-Pro. Right. But <laughs> um, how common is
1: that, though, Stan? How common is
0: that? Do you think – I would? You... Uh, I would say that it's something that is probably more common than a lot of people think. Because you look at the NFL, it's 64 starting corners in the NFL. Trust me when I tell you that it ain't 32 of them that are all six one and above. I can promise you on that. Now they may not be five ten; they'll be five eleven. But come on, I mean, what the hell is the difference in one inch? Like you know, that's something that if I stand them side by side. You cannot tell the difference between somebody five eleven and somebody five ten unless you have a ruler uh, uh, right there to the side of them. So yes, you can play the cornerback position uh, outside. The numbers is an outside corner, not as a nickelback. You can play the position at five ten. Uh, Deion Sanders, one of the best—I'm sorry, the best to ever do it. He was five eleven. You know, I know it, it. It was it was listed as six one on the bio right. and things That's like what I that, saw. but. But, uh, but I've been told by many people, Deion Sanders is, is more 5'11 than he is 6'1", and he's the best to ever do it. So you can do it, but in today's game with the DK Metcalfs, with the Justin Jeffersons, with the Mike Evans, you have the A.J. Green, the Julio Jones, the bigger receivers, it makes it more difficult. But, yes, you can play outside corner at 5'10". Yes, you can. Stan, this is the
1: Raiders' current cornerback position heading into the season. We got Nate Hobbs, who we just mentioned, Duke Shelley, who signed as a free agent, David Long, former uh, LA Ram, uh, Brandon Facyon, who they re-signed after he played last year for the Colts, Amik Robertson, Tyler Hall, Sam Webb, Jacorian Bennett. Um, I, I not a lot of playmakers on that back end of the corner, Stan. I mean, Nate Hobbs, I, I like Hobbs, but as you and I have talked about, he's suited towards the slot now. There are several free agents who I think maybe, Stan, they might want to take a look. I mean, Rocky seen is still out there. I know he only played seven games, I believe, with the Raiders. Marcus
0: Peters still you know, out there? Marcus Jackson the still out there?
1: Yes, Marcus Peters. That's what I was thinking. I mean, Stan, you got to kick the tires on one of these guys, don't you? There's just To me, there's no way you can go in the 2023 season with these names <laughs> playing cornerbacks <laughs> for you, Stan.
0: No, I mean, I, I completely agree, and, and that's where I would probably assume that Raiders are probably going to try to make some sort of trade, or you're probably going to see some signing, a free agent signing. I would imagine somewhere within the next month. um, OTA start off the last week of May going into June. So I would say in the next 30 days, look for the Raiders to have some signing or some addition of a corner, whether it's via trade or signing the guy off the street as a, one of the guys that we just uh that we just mentioned. Stan, let me ask you this.
1: With the NFL being such a passing league the way it is now, and most of the rules geared toward the offense, is
0: corner the toughest position to learn in the NFL? You know, I was actually having this debate with one of the coaches uh just a couple of days ago at the uh, at the school. And University of Houston. Yes, University of Houston, and you know. I don't want to be disrespectful to other positions. No, I don't, I don't think don't it want is. to do that. No, I don't think but it is. I would say, I would say, from a mental standpoint, and the amount of pressure that's placed on your shoulders, it's probably what was the, what was the exact question you asked me again?
1: Is it with the with the NFL and let's face it, college football being passing oriented now, and with the rules geared towards all the offenses? Is corner the most difficult position to learn?
0: Uh, on the defense side of the ball or just on the team? On the defensive side of the ball. Oh, on the defense side of the ball, absolutely. is the, the most difficult position to learn from a standpoint of maybe not learning, but I'd say the most difficult to actually put into motion. Because you know that it's man coverage coming out of yep. the huddle. You know it's covered too. You know it's quarters. But now you got to go out there and play man coverage against that guy uh, from the Miami Dolphins named Tariq Hill. Now you got to go play man coverage against DK Metcalf, who's 6'4", 230, and runs like a ten one in the 100-meter dash. That becomes very, very difficult, very, very challenging. I know what to do, <laughs> but I got to go actually, actually go out there and do it. So because of the level of pressure that's placed on your shoulders, because you get beat, everybody in the damn stadium knows it, and right. everybody on TV. A linebacker, or should I say a three technique, misses, misses his gap, Gets out of his gap. It's a 12-yard gain. Okay, big play. Line up and do it all over again. As a corner. You make a mistake. Tariq Hill is giving you the peace sign. Uh, it's Cheetah runs into the end zone. Everybody knows it. They're cutting the commercial. It's going to be on ESPN Top 10 tonight. So I would probably say corner definitely is the most difficult to perform as far as the difficulty and the amount of pressure that's placed on you for one simple mistake on the defense side of the ball. Yes, I would agree with that wholeheartedly Stan. even though it's okay let's say you play a lot of man though but you still have
1: to rely on the safeties and others for help as well though correct
0: mm, not the way we played it back in uh okay. 2005 okay. through 2012 okay so you're on an <laughs>
1: island Then that is basically what you're saying you're on an island
0: you're you are on an island and there is no long distance service <laughs> plain and simple you are on an island now listen in the in the grand scheme of things we ran a lot of man free where you're running you're playing man coverage across the board and then you have a single free safety in the middle of the field michael huff playing that sniper position now if they run a nine route then you know what your safety he can be able to come out of his middle field and be able to track and help you out as far as if they catch the ball he's there to just make the tackle push the guy out of bounds something like that or maybe just maybe if your guy runs a slant and somehow some way you miss the tackle the safety is the last line of defense in that free safety position. But as far as your safety being there to help you cover the guy, that's something that is going to rarely happen unless maybe he's running a skinny post. Your receiver had a cut split. You're able to go ahead and kind of funnel him to the middle towards your safety, maybe something like that. But in true man coverage, where the receivers are outside the numbers where they usually are, it is very, very difficult to receive the safety actually helping you cover this guy. Now, His body presence will deter the quarterback from trying certain throws, But as far as him actually being there to help you, some sort of a double team or something like that, no. Okay. All right. Well, the Raiders, they also selected George's Christopher
1: Smith, the second and undersized safety in the fifth round, Florida's Amari Bernie at linebacker. Uh, As a first-time starter a year ago, he did show some flashes being everywhere on the field, 79 tackles, four sacks. He actually began his career as a safety. And Stan, they did take their quarterback. It came in. Uh, later (laughs) on Aiden O'Connell, uh, fourth round, uh, from Purdue. I gotta be honest with you. I don't know a lot about him. I don't know if this guy is the quarterback of the future, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But we knew they were going to take a quarterback at some point and it ended up being O'Connell. So Stan, let me ask you this, uh, all the names that we have gone through, who do you think is going to make the biggest impact in this group from this group in year one?
0: Oh man. Who's going to play the most snaps or who's going to make the biggest impact? Biggest impact? I would probably have to go with either Tyree Wilson or Brian Young, just because, Uh, for one, I think they're going to be given the opportunity to play early, and Tyree Wilson, obviously, we've seen a lot of his game film. He has a lot of ability. He flashes. We know that. It's just a matter of is he going to be able to stay healthy, and is he going to be somebody that is able to translate to the speed of the game as far as now you're going against NFL tackles every week. Were you going against NFL tackles every week in the Big 12? Probably not. And Brian Young, obviously, coming from Alabama, he's being coached by Nick Saban, one of the best ever, if not the best ever. So he definitely is going to be battle-tested coming into the NFL. All right, I think I'm going
1: to go with uh, Notre Dame tight end, Michael Mayer, because here's why, Stan. Josh McDaniels coming over from New England, they always featured the tight end in that offense. I think especially for Jimmy Garoppolo, he had George Kittle. That was always one of his favorite Uh, targets with the 49ers and I think that if everything goes well this kid's going to step in and and the Raiders offense is going to be good because you're going to have Adams let's hope Josh Jacobs can repeat his uh, production from a year ago Uh, Hunter Renfro let's hope he's healthy let's hope this offensive line can pass block a little bit better but I think in the grand scheme of things I think Mayor's going to have the biggest impact so with that being said Stan I guess this has to kind of be a two-part question how many starters do you think they got out of this draft class in year one and then maybe looking ahead let's just say looking ahead to year two how many do you think they got out of this draft class if there's any difference
0: in oh your opinion. I think um I think in year one you'll probably get maybe two and I say maybe I think Obviously, Mayor. I think uh, he's going to wind up being the starter if he's not going to be the starter going into the season. And then Tyree Wilson, I think he's yeah. going to work himself into it. Obviously, Chandler Jones still has something left in the tank, but he does not have a great amount left in the tank. That's why I think Tyree Wilson and Mayor are going to be thrust into the starting lineup at least sometime within 2023. Going forward, 2024 and beyond, I'm not sure if we're going to have any starters Outside of those two guys that I just named going in the in the first and the second round, I'm not sure we're going to have any starters just because I haven't seen enough yet. Now, we all know the Raiders, they're very thin in the back end, things like that. Jacorian Bennett, he has a chance, he has an opportunity. I want to go ahead and watch OTAs, watch the preseason, see how this year plays out. Then I can go ahead and make a better assessment. But right now, off the top of my head, 2023, I would simply say Mayer and Tyree Wilson just off of a needs basis because who's the other tight end that the Raiders are going to have? Foster Moreau is a free agent. They trade away Darren Waller. So just by default, Mayor's going to be the starter. And I think that he's going to make some impactful plays. He's going to have some sort of an imprint. I'm not sure how much how big of an imprint he's going to have because I don't think he is he's 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 nowhere near as elusive or as athletic as Darren Waller. So they're not going to be able to use him in the same capacity or as even a foster Moreau. And then Tyree Wilson, obviously, we know he has ability, but it's just a matter of can he be consistent? Can he be healthy enough to stay on the
1: field? Yeah, I don't even know if Foster's going to play this year. Remember, he was diagnosed with uh, with cancer, yeah. so I don't know if he's going to be able to play this year. Unfortunately, and uh, you know, God' prayers with him. Hopefully, uh, he'll be able to recover from that. Uh, Stan, I think they definitely get, like you said, two this year, three, and, and maybe Bennett is a guy to keep an eye on, perhaps yeah. uh, coming out of this group as well. So let's, you know, I, I'm with you. I think two this year for sure. I think Wilson. I, I do think Wilson's a starter by the end of the year, Stan. I do. I think he's going to take over from yeah. Chandler Jones. I just Chandler, to me, like you said, is it, it, toward the end of his career, a fantastic a Hall of Fame career, but uh, definitely towards the back end, so uh, I'm with you. Uh, let me ask you this, Dan. May 11th, you know what that day is. What it, What's uh, coming on May 11th? Well, the, draft May is, el- the draft is kind of like, you know, it's Christmas, all the new presents underneath the tree, but then... Then we get to see. I know. I, okay, I know what you get. <laughs> I know what it
0: is. I know what it is. Uh, and, and 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 the crazy thing is, I did not start giving a damn about it till maybe about five years ago. You're talking about the schedule release. There you go, Steve. Yeah. Yes, um, it is is a is a player. You know, you never really really care too much about it unless it's certain teams that you know have certain really good players, or it's a specific team that if you're an offensive player, they have a really really good defense. Because certain games, you would like to catch them earlier in the season or later in the season, you know, depending on on what team it is and what the need is. And then also, um, if you're from the Oakland Raiders like I was or even a Las Vegas Raider, I'd much rather play Kansas City at Kansas City in September, October rather than December, January. So when it comes to weather, things like that, you would much rather get the cold weather teams earlier in the year if you have to travel there. But otherwise, if it's not about weather for for most players, it really, really doesn't make make a difference because they're on your schedule. (laughs) So whether it's September 15th or whether it's January 8th, somehow, some way you're going to be meeting them no matter what. So, you know, for most guys, they really, really don't uh, don't care much about
1: it. It's all about the fans.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It is
1: all about the fans because that. Oh, let's make our travel plans. Let's go here. Let's yep. go there. Oh, exactly. We, exactly. Look what yep. we got in September. Look in October, November. Oh, that's a cold weather game. You know, maybe we should go there and experience Green Bay, or you know, something yeah. like that. It's. It, I agree. It's all for the fans. But May 11th, uh, that's the big. Uh, that's the next big date on the calendar, and uh, we'll figure out where the Raiders are playing and in the dates and all that. But right now. Uh, they got get to get to OTAs and see what these new guys look like and these undrafted yeah, uh, free agents. We didn't even hit on that, Stan, because you know there's going to be at least one undrafted free agent who's going to make this roster. There seems to be every year uh, and a lot of teams. It, it amazes me how many guys actually get overlooked, don't get selected, and still make an NFL roster. It's not We're, a perfect she, science. It is not a no, perfect not. science. It's a crapshoot
0: at the, it's a crapshoot at the end of the day. You do not know who's going to pan out. You don't, you don't know who's going to pan out. You don't know who's not going to pan out. It's a crapshoot at the end of the day. It's at best like going to the strip in Las Vegas and putting all your money on black or putting it all on red at the craps table or roulette or, you know, what have you. So there's nobody that has all the answers. Nobody has a crystal ball. Everything is projection.
1: And you know what else is just what I don't get draft grades. How the hell do we give out draft grades a day a day after the I, draft?
0: I, I couldn't mean, agree more. You know, oh, just be- and just like we know when we were talking about Tyree Wilson, the number seven pick overall, just a couple of days ago. Like, and people have asked me, Stan, what do you think about this? And I'm like, man, like it's too early to tell because I can guarantee you, I guarantee you, there is going to be some, and I don't want to, I don't want to compare them to this guy all the way because that's not going to be fair. But there's going to be some guy who winds up being the Aaron Donald of this draft. And what I mean by that, I don't mean he's going to be Aaron Donald, but there's going to be somebody that you're going to be, God, why why was he not drafted higher? (laughs) After, you know, what you see out of him his rookie year, his second year. Like Aaron Donald was the number 14 pick overall. And when you look by his second year, you're like, why wasn't he a top five pick? You know, wasn't Patrick Mahomes the number one pick? Exactly. There's going to be somebody from this draft where you're like, God, really? Why wasn't he drafted higher? And it happens every year because there's no exact way to predict it. And what a lot of fans don't understand, I'm going to say this, a lot of fans undervalue, they undervalue this very, very finite point. So much of your success is based on the scheme you go to and Mm. a lot of the players Mm. you have around you. So much of it. Like, there's going to be somebody in this draft who's a bust. And I guarantee you, had they gone to a different situation, they wouldn't have wound to be in a bus.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Good, good note to uh, end the podcast on. Great job, partner, as always. Always, man. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. From our partner, Stanford Route, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts find the coffin corner.